0: many charlatans are waking up early listening to the carolina outdoors via the radio via the airwaves of wbt as we blast up and down the eastern seaboard many others are joining us via podcast but for those in the local area one of the most frequent visited parks in our area is one over in gaston county in fact it's possibly for many of us the nearest state park in the north carolina system it's called Crowder's Mountain State Park. But because of the crowds on a Saturday when we're airing uh, live, uh, many call it Crowded Mountain State Park. But we wanted to talk a little bit about the history and then kind of delve into some of the trails that are available over there. And we highly recommend you to make this park a visit, a place for you to visit. But when initially in this area, buffalo herds grazed much of the land, which was all prairie land. This was before the European settlers had arrived here, and the Cherokee Indians that lived here had a trading route that crossed Crowder's Mountain, and the peaks of Crowder's marked the boundaries, the boundaries between the hunting lands of both the Catawba and Cherokee Indians. Of course, once those European settlers came in, the Catawba Indians, um, um, you, you know, Reached a treaty with them, but the Cherokee continued having uh, having uh, fights and skirmishes with the local settlers.
1: I think it's interesting that we had uh, Buffalo here at one point, and now we just have people from Buffalo. <laughs> um, but you know, so, so people true. people will complain about it being crowded, Mountain. But you know, let's be honest: find a place in Charlotte that's not crowded. There are fewer people there than on the Beltway at the Arboretum fighting for whatever you're trying to get from Trader Joe's, head to Crowder's Mountain or Pinnacle Peak. Either one. Take a look over there. It's a beautiful place. The view on a clear day is just mind-blowing.
0: Well, and at the peak, and there are a couple of peaks over there at Crowder's Mountain State Park. It's 5,217 acres of, of area for you to explore. Um, the elevation, the highest peak, 1,385 feet. It was established pretty young as state parks may go in 1974 and how it was established was because an exploratory drilling and excavation um, began there in the early 1970s, which led to the threat that the area would be mined. So local citizens sought out to preserve it. And the Gaston conservation society was organized and blocked the mining operations and encouraged the state of North Carolina to acquire and protect the mountain. And that's when, of course, in in the early 1970s, Crowder's Mountain State Park was opened. Um, It was not until 1978 that the actual summit of Crowder's Mountain was included within the park boundary, and the pinnacle and additional acreage were acquired in the late 1980s. In 2000, we can talk a little bit about this. Uh, an additional 2,000 acres was purchased, which connected the park, Crowders Mountain State Park, in the North Carolina system, to Kings Mountain State Park in the South Carolina system, along with Kings Mountain National Military Park. There's a whole lot of parks going on, but it's for our Carolina outdoor listeners a place that you should go because. West Lawson on that side, Bill Barti on this side. The outdoor guys from Jesse Brown's. When you reach that pinnacle, on a clear day, you're able to, with ease, see into the tall buildings of Charlotte, North Carolina.
1: The view really is great. It, you know, it's fascinating to me, at least, how some of these state parks come into existence, and we don't often maybe think about that or just assumed that, you know, it's a government thing. They did this sort of overreach or whatever you want to call it, but that a group of citizens in Gaston County said this is really important to us, rallied the, the cause, and helped to create now one of the most visited state parks in the system. And it is also kind of neat. It's a, sort of a jurisdictional cluster to figure out where you are between Crowder's and Kings Mountain and Kings Mountain Battlefield all of that, but that really is beautiful, and, you know, get up a little bit earlier than normal, maybe skip cartoons, and drive over there, and enjoy a day at Crowder's. It's beautiful. Well,
0: and I wanted to say, because just recently, you and I spoke to the DuPont State Forest people, and they, did I get it right? DuPont State, DuPont State Recreational there you go. Forest. There we oh, go. Man, I'm working on that. DuPont State Recreational Forest. The official name, of course, originally was part of the DuPont Corporation But then um, developers were heading that way. Beautiful waterfalls are in there, uh, just a very scenic area. Very similarly, people got together and um, really helped make it happen and turned it into a public property.
1: Well, and it reminds me of one of the fly fishing film tour films we had at the Vigilite earlier this week about how some of these great rivers have become great rivers again because people... Were, they call you know, hot holing, but, but drawing in more anglers so they would come and fish and help preserve rivers that otherwise were going to be ruined from either pollution runoff or mining, not to be anti-mining, but to be pro-outdoors, you know, people who are interested in that aspect of nature, getting others to show up and put a little bit in to say, I care about this space and creating a national park or a conservation plan so the rest of us can enjoy it.
0: I guess that's it, and that's part of our charge here on the Carolina Outdoors. The voice right there, Wes Lawson. I'm Bill Barty. We come in each week to talk about the different things to do in our Carolina Outdoors. We also talk to people that are making things happen in the Carolina Outdoors and beyond. Wes and I both hang our hat over at Jesse Brown's Outdoors, a local outfitter here in town, helping people get outfitted for travel, hiking, fly fishing, and more Uh, especially as we have entered the fall season in the Carolinas. We're going to be talking about places to go with leaf change. We're going to be inviting storytellers um, at the October 14th Storytellers Night at Jesse Brown program onto the airwaves here to share a bit of their story and invite you to come hear them, as well as uh, companies that we partner with at Jesse Brown's like Mountain Khaki's. We hear a whole lot about supply chain issues. We'll come back and talk about that because Mountain Khakis has had a lot of success and they are maneuvering the challenges currently in the marketplace just as we at Jesse Browns are and are ready for the fall season with fall goods. But with all of that, we want you to be in the outdoors. And Wes, I have a list of some of the hiking trails that people can access the summit of Crowder's Mountain and – Also, we'll talk about how hard or easy some of these trails are and their length. If you ever have any questions about this, you can jump in on Jesse Brown's Facebook page. You can direct message us via Instagram as well at Jesse Brown's CLT or email or call. Yeah, We're in the store answering questions just like this. it's really seven days a week. We're 12 to 5 on Sunday. But three hiking trails that provide uh, access to the summit of Crowder's Mountain. First off is a strenuous tra- trail, two and a half miles Crowder's Trail. This trail kind of winds along the base of the mountain from the visitor center um, and leads ultimately to the backside trail into the top of the mountain from the southwest part of the park to the northeast part of the park and it is strenuous. Speaking of strenuous, so is the aforementioned Backside Trail. It's shorter, 0.8 miles, but it is from the Linwood Road access area. That trail leads around the north side of the mountain where it first connects to the Crowder's Trail and then it'll take you to the top via the Rock Top Trail. That Rock Top Trail is also strenuous. Many of these strenuous designations are due to the Steepness, because they are not to scare anyone off. These are all doable, but we do want you prepared with the proper footwear, and That's also right. to take your water out there.
1: You know, so people sometimes this this is it's a very uh, divisive issue. One side is you're just going for a walk, Right. so don't don't stress out. The other is uh, over preparing or or over exerting. So um, f- proper footwear cannot be overstated Um, let us help determine the right footwear for your unique feet and any accidents or injuries and things you have to work with but also what feels right for you Um, and then from there you know the the right size even if it's a day pack the right size pack to carry your water sunscreen extra snack you need to have some calories going carbohydrates and protein Um, and then let's talk about trekking poles for a lot of folks you will be a happier healthier better hiker with those than without uh, but definitely the footwear components to make sure that you have the right protection the right traction the right support on that hike because let's look at this as an investment in your overall health you're going to want to go hiking again and again and again let's just not do it in the tennis shoes you've been wearing for the last 10 years or your cowboy boots or something like that. Let's get, <laughs> get the right, right footwear or your, on.
0: Or your flip-flops. There's t- a couple of trails that lead to the Pinnacle. One's the Pinnacle Trail, two two miles, uh, beginning at the Visitor Center, moving southwest to the summit of the Pinnacle. The other is the Ridgeline Trail. There's two stress points, I think, when you're doing hikes like this, and these are all listed as strenuous, but that's okay. There's Family Camping Trail, which is a one-mile easy hike, The group camping trail, easy 1.1 mile hike, Um, they're all out there. But when you are shopping footwear or you're intimidated by the upcoming hike, whether it be the physical exertion, maybe it be the confidence or the questioning, lack of confidence that you have in Mm -hmm. your footwear, it's really pretty simple. And you mentioned it, what feels right to you if you're buying trusted footwear And that comes from a superior brand or the proper category of footwear. If you're doing an uphill strenuous hike, usually it's a little bit steeper. The stress point or the blister point would be usually the back of your heel. Yep, that's right. That's where that grind would happen. So we are, at Jesse Brown's, aware of that, and there are ways to counter that type of uh, grind or friction that happens. (laughs) One of them was, I know you love it when I talk about socks. Yeah. But one of them is a good fitting boot properly. Also the partner of the sock um, that kind of, you know, helps the relationship between the foot and the boot or shoe. The other point, though, is after you have climbed up to the summit, you've got to come back down. Mm -hmm. And that's where having a bit of toe room because if your boots are too short or not fitted properly your toes will bump the front and on an extended hike like the ridgeline trail which is 6.2 miles that's the trail that hooks crowder's mountain in north carolina with the south carolina parks king's mountain state park and the and the national military park if your boots are too short on 6.2 miles
1: it's no fun at the end you you probably have a doctor's visit coming up <laughs> you, um, <do. laughs> you know and nobody nobody wants to experience it nobody wants to listen to the person with the blisters complaining nobody wants to have to pop your blisters uh, but the other Yucky. thing is is that the toe issue is it can become very real and very dangerous so a proper fitting boot not just the one that your friend or your spouse said you should get but the one that speaks to your feet properly and we have uh, several different ways to test that in the store so before you leave you are ready to go and it's the boot it's the sock maybe packing some moleskin me getting on a high horse about some trekking poles all of that Um, and that way you can enjoy your walk in the woods
0: fantastic if you're just joining us he's wes i'm bill we're talking about heading over to crowder's mountain state park Um, 1974 is when it has cranked up and it has been improved upon since then including uh, 2,000 acres um, added just really it feels like just a few years ago. If you haven't been there a while many of you may live near there and are taking it for granted we invite you to sneak over to Crowder's Mountain and also the co-joining Kings Mountain the two parks that are there. It's worth you checking out. Saturdays can be busy, especially this time of year, especially as the weather change changes and the upcoming leaf changes are going to be happening. So if you can get out there during the week, it's even better. We yep. know many people are off on a, on a Saturday, and that's the time that they can go. But it's a fantastic t- time to go. I don't know if you knew this, but I'm going to read this a little bit because I didn't know it and found it interesting, leaving the trails and talking a little bit about the history of that area. Crowder's Mountain was the backdrop for a mineral spring resort at one time, also a seminary, an all-women's college, and an African-American college. The pinnacle was used as a backstop for Camp Chronicle, which is an artillery range as well, So it has a wide variety of history um, in its base and in its midst. But closer to the heart are stories of families that were once in that area. And I'll say some of their names because some of them, uh, the descendants still live there. Not all people were eager to sell um, back then because many of the families had been there since the 1800s. Names like the Brevards, Brooks, Ormans and Shorts are among the family names with heritage tied to that land. The Brevard family once owned the land that now contains the campgrounds of the park. The Brevards, Jacob and Rebecca, were born as slaves, but worked hard to become some of the early African-American slash Cherokee Indian landowners in Gaston County. Um, where they farmed right there at Crowder's Mountain.
1: I didn't know any of that. That's incredible. That's a a lot of unique history in one little area.
0: I know it, and it's an area that you can get over there. For more information, you can go to ncparks.gov or call the park, 704-853-5375. Of course, we're always available at Jesse Brown's Outdoors to point you in the right direction. They have about three different access areas, Rock climbing is strong in mm-hmm. that area too. It sure is. You can go see the rock climbers, especially as the weather is cooling. Wes, we have to take a quick break.
1: We sure do. We should.
0: Let's do it. We're gonna come back wrap up this thing called the Carolina Outdoors. Stay tuned for more with Wes Lawson and Bill Barti, the outdoor guys from Jesse Browns.